This is Southeast Asia Crossroads, an educational podcast from the Center for Southeast Asian Studies at Northern Illinois University. From music and maps to money and modernity, this is where ideas come together. Welcome to another edition of Southeast Asia Crossroads. I'm your host, Eric Jones, and Ganjana. Hi, Ganjana. Hello. She's back and in studio with us. Uh, we have uh, a good friend, Art Punjada Sirivunabud. Art is associate professor in the Faculty of Social Sciences and Humanities at Mahidol University in Thailand. Um, Tell us a bit about Mahido. It's a, it's a big medical school. What what else? Yeah, uh, it's a big medical school. We control. Uh, we have about um, five hospitals, and most of the uh, faculties and department are more like science. Uh, okay. Our faculty is the only faculty in social science. All right, and th- and that's uh, um, d- what what percentage of the social sciences? How many how many political scientists are there? <laughs> Actually, it's only about ten of us. Okay, about that. that's that's all. Yeah. So then, when I when I um, go back to teach here, like everyone, all my colleagues asking why you go to Mahidol because it's medical school. So then, but they want other doctors to <laughs> yeah. learn about politics. So then, that's why right. they hire a lot of our okay. political scientists. Yeah. So so Mahidol is named as sorry. I have to his- yeah, historical please. interjection. So Mahidol is named after the grandfather of the current king yeah and he was famously going to medical school in boston that's where rama the ninth was born and um so it's he's the namesake and that's why it's a medical school it it was was is it the is it the biggest or the in in thailand now yes it's the biggest it's the most famous one because of the medical things so then that's make make my more famous than others Right, it's yeah. always high-ranking also as in terms of a research institution in Thailand. Yeah. I think it was the, the number one research institution in Thailand for several years. Yeah, well, um, we're, we're, we're honored to have you. And uh, uh, Art was here as a, as a grad student in, uh, in uh, political science uh, a few years ago. And, uh, and she's back <laughs> as our visiting Fulbright scholar yeah, in yeah. political science. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's always good to see our... Uh, our, it's for our uh, students listening. It's like alumni. Like yeah, they see when they say that they do succeed. Like look, yeah. right here she and, is. And I like um, the way <laughs> she opened her talk today in saying, you know, among her her <laughs> friends. Yes. Hi. Yeah, that's high. Yeah, student. give us your brag point. Yeah, that was because because um, during my time it was a lot <laughs> of uh, Thai student, but now it's only couples, right? Yeah, yeah. So then we were fighting who's gonna come for the brow back first. <laughs> and. And you, you win. Won. Yeah. And you won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first person. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, wel- welcome back. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, your colleagues are welcome, too, uh, if they're listening. Um, so uh, you've, got a, you, you've done a lot of research and a lot to say about uh, um, what you're calling Thailand Year Forward, analyzing the outcomes and implications of the 2019 uh, election in Thailand. So um, give, us a, give us a context leading up to the 2019 election, particularly drafting the constitu- constitution how um wh- what's the, what are the what are the winds political winds blowing around the and before the the 2019 election and also why it was so important why so much attention yeah. was given to the 2019 election in Thailand yeah because um this is the first election in the last 10 years. The last one is uh 2011 and then we have the military coup in 2014 
uh, during the military, you know, uh, government, we don't really have any political activity. We all the mm. political party, you know, was banned, so they cannot function. And so people are waiting for the uh, election this time. Actually, the government, the the uh, Prayut or the uh, military junta, they was they were promised for the um, election many times. I think five times that the election was postponed. So this time in March 2019, so everyone was waiting for it, and and everyone's so exciting. A lot of people. Went to vote. A lot of people want to set up political parties. A lot of people did the campaign. So then it's really, you know, everyone uh, kind of are looking for this election. So that's why it's so important. So for those who are listening and who are more familiar with maybe the the European electoral system or the U.S. election system, what you've mentioned in you know people campaigning and setting up kind of satellite offices in in their hometown doesn't seem different or special so but why why is that the case in thailand why did it feel different leading up to this election well um because you know there's a large number of political parties this time um normally the or the party that set, set up uh, or you know uh, or maybe compete in the elections only the old political parties only like couples of them but this time everyone can set up their own party from everywhere so then, that's why uh, people are so exciting, and and the young generations uh, set up their own political party this time too. And and this all came about um, in the new draft of the of the constitution. Yeah. And what did the uh, you 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 spoke about some interesting sort of di- differences? Obviously, that the the drafters of the constitution vis a vis the 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 military government. What are some of the um, the horse trading that went on in terms of what actually, or, or maybe what did election laws look like in a, in a nutshell? Um, this time we have a new electoral system. So then the election law, it's more like, you know, only one ballot system. And it used to be two ballots before, so then people, you know, can select whether they're going to vote candidates or vote for the party, but this time they can only vote for the parties. So then this law, it's sort of our, um, you know, they... They make it just to benefit the military, just to make sure that the pro-military going to win the elections, and actually their success in this in this election. So it was it was it was baked in from the start. Is it how, how does that how does that function? Is it is it certain um, percentages uh, can only be achieved by by various parties, or or how does how does that recipe evolve? Um, ensuring uh, um, that the military government has a has a majority. Well, um, in this electoral system, we call it the mixed member apportionment or MMA. So, the, by the system itself, no political party can gain more two hundred fifty or the majority of the seat. In the seat of the parliament is five hundred, right? So the the kind of uh, the formula and the um, you know the system itself, it's control. It's impossible for any party to get more than 250. So then that's why they have to ask for other political put to join this politi- uh, to join the coalition government. And this time, you know, that's why a large number of groups who win only one seat. I didn't re- I didn't really show in the presentation, but about 10 political party won only one seat. So that's why they all come together to R- make the, to make the uh, pro-government party gain more majority. So now they got only two hundred fifty one, which is only one, uh, one seat more than you know the majority. So then that you can the party, the pro government ca- party can control the parliament at this time. 
But again, if any political party, the small party that get only one seat, split from the government, they're gonna have a hard time to you know pass any regulations or to vote against the opposition or whatever in the parliament. So then that's why every time they're gonna have the parliamentary meetings, and if anything have to vote or like regulation have to be passed in the parliament, the pro junta, the pro military always lobby. Some opposition parties or some small party to make sure that they're gonna pass. Can they get? Can they? Is that does that work to their advantage that they, the even uh, even though you have one or two votes, uh, they really really need you. So can they? Do they leverage that for for benefit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's you know because they don't have a super majority and they they don't have a super coalition, right? It's kind of. Uh, strenuous at you know at best and um i think they just like any other vote in in congress or anywhere else um they have to find allies but so before we get too far uh just in case listeners are not familiar with what the government looks like in thailand because you know we're talking about lower we're going to talk kind of about specific bodies um so can you just very quickly, it's not a congressional system like in the United States, and it's not quite a parliamentary system like in England. Yeah. So what, what are the different chunks of the government? Well, so the government in the parliament, there is a lower house and it's an upper house. For the lower house, Thailand this time has 500 members, 350 from the district level, and another 150 selected by the party list system. So these 500 go together as the lower house 500. Now the pro-huntar or the pro-military government, Palang Pacharat Party, uh, gained one, only 161 seats. So then there needs coalition party to get together. In the lower house. In the lower house. And then they, another, we have uh, upper house or the Senate. The Senate consisted of 250 members and all of the members selected by the military government. So all, all of the Senate. So there's. Yeah, it seems to have the process, democratic process, to select the Senate, but in practice, is actually selected by the military government. So, so voter, do voters um, vote for the the Senate? No, the no. Senate going no. to be selected or nominated by the professional group. So in the constitution, they divide people, entire society, into into ten different social and professional groups. So like the doctors get together, mm-hmm. the nurses get together, teacher get together, and then they select about 20 candidates from their professional groups and then submit the name to the um, the military to decide who's going to be selected as a Senate. So they nominate and then yeah. the candidates are selected by the government. Yes. Yeah, and, and similar in the early Indonesian sort of uh, independence there, there was sort of that we need these representative groups of different sectors of the economy and so let's do that so that uh uh it, is it, it how how it's pretty unique right the the thai system yeah for the uh, board in the upper and lower house this time is really unique and it's the first time in thai political history to uh before uh before the uh, this uh, military coup the senate was also the um select i mean voted in by the electoral system they have their own political uh, electoral system but this time only the selections by the um the military. But <laughs> can me can I add a little yeah. bit about the Senate? Um, the Senate is uh it's gonna work in the parliament for five year terms. 
but the lower house gonna be only for four year terms so then it means that after the next elections the senate will have power to select i mean to vote for the prime minister once again okay so then it means it's the way that you know the military can continue to be you know in the parliament and I'm sure that next and, and time... And in the presidential, it'll have a sort of swing. Or in the prime minister, I mean. In the, yeah. yeah, so then uh, in the next elections, um, you know, the Senate will vote for the prime minister. So I think it's going to be... We can ensure that the military will be voted as the prime minister once again. The the some of the some of the outcomes of the 2019 election were were really many were interesting. Um, one was that the uh, the Democratic Democrat Party lost um, Bangkok and and Southern Thailand. Right, uh, their strongholds. Yeah. yeah. So 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 why? What happened? Well, um, because I think you know people think of a Democrat in Bangkok and there are more choices in Bangkok. Normally, in the past elections, only the Democrat and put high the pro Thaksin party, right, compete in Bangkok. But this time, there are more five political party competing in Bangkok. And also the new generation parties, you know, they are the future forward party. They are so active in Bangkok as well. So uh, some political party, particularly Phalang Bacharat, the pro-Taksin party, and uh, future forward parties and Democrat, they compete within the same group of pe- people. So then they're going to, you know, compete, you know, trying to take score within the same group of people. And then the Democrats sort of are, I, d- I don't think that they did, they did the campaign strong enough to secure that vote in Bangkok. So it was dil- it was diluted among yeah a lot of other. And another thing is um about a week or two weeks before the elections, Apisit Vechashiva, the um the leaders of the Democrat Party announced that they are going they are not going to support PPRP or Palang Pracharat, the pro Hunthor Party. I think this thing kind of affect that score in Bangkok because most of the Bangkok people, they support the military, especially the Palang Bacharat party. But he did get a boost on Instagram because he posted pictures with his pets, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. So there was that. It's not, it's yeah. not, yeah. not, yeah. not foolish. It, so so how about so Southern Thailand? Uh, was it a similar that the, the vote was d- dispersed or, or the, the, the choices or why did the Democrats lose in? Yeah, again, in, because... Um, I think the major losing reason for the Democrat in the South um, is that the uh, opposite Vachashiva announced that he's gonna, you know, he's not go, he's not going to support the Palang Bacharat party. Yeah. So that's why most of the people in the South they feel like, well, if you're not going to support the military, so then we're not going to support you too. And again, this time, so many um, political parties were formed in the South. And they are just focused on the southern area, so then they took a lot of score from the Democrat in this election as well. And another thing I noticed, as an overseas Thai person, um, when we get the packet to vote mm-hmm. um, for our district, so we get this huge packet, it has this huge list, like an unprecedented number of political mm-hmm. parties. Mm-hmm. It was a pa- it was a heavy that you probably have to research because they're constantly right. changing and yeah. like exactly. And so, um, and what I what was really helpful and different, I think, with this election, at least looking from outside the country, was that all of the news channel um, had so many interview and roundtable, not quite a debate system like like. That's well established here, but a lot of roundtables with all of the leaders and the spokesperson for all the different 
um, parties to talk about their policy. And there's a lot of like um, policy explanation, which you can I actually don't think comparative shop like right. Yeah. It's like it's like when you're on you know a yeah. website and you click compare, <laughs> compare, compare. Yeah. Um, so you can look, and it's all available on YouTube. The BBC. Um, did a lot. The standard, right? The standard, our, yeah. Online media did it all the time, because there, also there was a generation of young voters who grew up never having seen an election. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. It's been ten years, and so the BBC, the BBC Thailand especially, did a lot of videos like, "What is voting? How does voting work? What do you need to register? What do you need to bring to the ballot?" Which has never never been done before no yeah this is the first time that all the media also support the election commissions on how to educate people about the election system as well so we should we should jump there because the uh there seemed to be a lot of energy or or kind of enthusiasm in 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 a in, a, in the young electorate mm-hmm. especially like uh, maybe talk about that and and why you think that why why is there this energy in the youth vote well um the young generation they feel they feel like you know they are they don't really used to they never see you know in thai politics before and they, they want something change they want the thai politics to change to something like new more democracy so that's why they're more active they don't like to be forced by the military they cannot say what they want. So then this time they want something changed. They feel like the future forward is the new change for them. That's a new set of people. So that's why they're more active at this time. And you can see from the social media, well, back in, actually we have Facebook like in 2011 already, right? But no one used Facebook or like Instagram or some Twitter to use on the election. But this this time, yeah. social media is functions really hard. I mean, very strongly for the for the uh, young generation, they use it to show how they, which one they're gonna support, which kind of candidate they like. So I think this is the way that um, show how much uh, the so the young generation wanna be involved in politics. Yeah, we heard a, a wonderful presentation by Jan Hengjan uh, Pobarisut, who is a professor out of uh, California State Fullerton, and she did a whole presentation on young people hashtag selfie culture um, with the current election. The, the the this this energy it seems to um, uh, it's a, it's a different composition. You notice this too. There there's there's this rather than the red shirt yellow shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there is there a, is there a generational um, gap in the in voting habits, voting attitudes, or or just uh, electoral engagement? In this, I think it's really um, generation gaps a lot in this uh, in this election. Um, it's really clear, like, you know, the young generation, they use so many social media, right? But the old generation, they don't really use it. They only watch the news on the new, I mean, on the TV, and then they learn from right. that media. And then that's why, you know, uh, sometimes, so this kind of social media, you know, uh, stimulate all the um, young generation to be involved more than before. And again, as I mentioned in my, um, in my presentation, the first year that I I taught at Mahidol, no kids, I mean, no young generation cares about politics. All those medical students were like, yeah, oh. they're more like, you know, <laughs> medical students, scientists, <laughs> engineer. They, they 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 don't care what's going on in Thailand. 
they did not even know the name of the leaders of the Democrat Party. Like I was so surprised. But after who the was coup, in power at the time? Yeah, they oh, didn't okay. really know. Like they did not really know like how many constitutions it's, it's, we it's have. It's weirdly heartening that there's ignorance in all <laughs> across. That just yes, right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but after the coup, everything changed. They learned so much from the social media, from the hashtag. Sometimes, you know, when you start the hashtag, you can click on and you can see all the pictures like what's going on, right? The kids did that. They want to see... Right, what so you could you could tune out of, like, the I'm not watching the national news broadcast, like, you know, but, but like, they're, they could be on all over Instagram or... Yeah. yeah, they don't really read the whole news, but uh, in the hashtag, when you click on that picture, that's tell everything. Yeah. And the kids did that. They, they always you know, learns about politics by, you know, click on to see the picture, what's going on, something like that. What is the, have they, have, do we have good, good data on uh, youth engagement in the, like how, what, what percentage do we think participated in the vote who are eligible? Uh, this time, um, the report uh, from the election commission says about uh, up to almost 70%, but I don't oh. really believe that, but, you know, because there's so many kids that not in the city, I'm not really sure like how those kids really go to vote, but for the city, I think it's really a uh, high percentage. And I think another arena that became politicized that was never politicized before was um, the old rival uh, football competition oh. between kind of it's it's the equivalent of the Harvard Yale football game here in the United States, but it's Julalongkorn uh, versus Thammasat, and that has never ever it's been going on for eighty years. It has never been political in any way, and um, this time it was. And this time it was, and it was amazing. It was an amazing thing to watch because you didn't you didn't imagine that it would ever enter into that kind of almost sacred space mm-hmm. of of Thai elites kind of interacting with each other. And um, so traditionally, you know, the the attendees of, of the match on the stands, they would do kind of snide remarks against each other. You know, they would do, I don't know what the English word is for it, but um, make pictures and comments and they would kind of taunt each other yeah. from one side of the stand to the other. And this time, they the two sides worked together and they talked about politics, which was jaw-dropping to see yeah. because <laughs> it, I... I don't know if anybody's kind of analyzed that. Before that that game, the police sends a lot of people to check their board and their presentation first to make sure that it's not going to threat, you know, the government. Right. So it means something for the government too, right? Because the kid did release uh, strong stuff too against the government. So that seems to be, that's an, I'm guessing an encouraging sign that there's a, that there's a, that there's a, participation among the youth or feeling like they should they should they should care i mean where do you see the um do you see this trend it'll it'll continue like uh these election results they were they were pleased that they felt like they were exercised wishes yeah i think they're gonna continue well in uh, next year we're gonna have a big local election once again because we haven't had the local election for the last i think more than seven or eight years and now we saw a lot of young generation want to join the local elections um this time you know um some kids within i mean some member the young member in future forward party already set up their own campaign group in each particular province to help the future forward to win the local elections and they saw that uh, if the future forward win the local election they can also help 
the party at the national elections as well. So I think um, they're gonna continue working in the politics and more active in the next in the next um, coming. I mean, next elections. And and also, as you point out, there's some real positive indicators of the uh, future of Thai politics, like the female MPs and some of the other. What are what are some of the interesting outcomes? Yeah, let's that, talk about the happy the, stuff yeah. before we get to the the meat of it. Yeah, this time um, that's a lot of female, a lot of my students too from my Hidon. Oh, wow. Yeah, they Whoa. got elected this time, especially in Bangkok. I was surprised, and many of them younger than thirty. Like because in Thailand you can run in the uh, um, election, national election, when you have to be at least twenty five, right? So I was surprised that this student, you know, it seems to me in class that they don't really care about politics, but this time they're involved <laughs> and they are female. Yeah. So then this time we have more female than before. And most of this female, they are not really a member of, you know, the family of, of, of the political family. Normally in the past, you know, when female ran in, in, in the elections, they always be a wife, daughter or relative of the uh, incumbent politicians but this time many of them are not there our first time so I hope that next time you know the um the constitutional drafter and also the party themselves try to change the regulations to increase the numbers of female this time so I hope that next election there will be more will be more female in, in other self-serving good news uh, how did our own NIU alumni do in the in the elections in the Senate particularly in the appointment in the Senate yeah Right. Sorry. <laughs> Appointment in the Senate. Well, um, that's a couple NAU alumni. Uh, you know, uh, go Huskies. Yeah. Yeah, go Huskies in the Senate uh, right now. And um, actually, they were working with the military before uh, as the uh, member of the National Legislative Assembly or the lower house during the uh, military government. And now, you know, maybe they are working, they are so good at that position, so then they yeah. are appointed again as a son at this time. They are quite, like, not our generation, I mean my generation, but they are more like 60-something. Yeah, long, long time ago, but they are um, alumni of NIU. Not only in the Senate, but also in the drafting committee, there are some alumni of NIU as well. That's impressive. Yeah, we um, the, the 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 demographic composition of the of the Senate uh, say a bit more about what what kinds of uh, folks tend to be in in the Senate. Well, most of the members are the um, acting and uh, retired military, and some of them are the member of the drafters, the who draft the 2017 constitutions. Some of them are the members of the National Legislative Assembly or the um, Parliament during the Huntar government. And also uh, a few of them are the member of the former cabinet of the um, uh, of the former um, in the Huntar government as well. So then most of them used to work with the military government before they are, you know, selected as a Senate this time. The and you of course the youth vote is 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 interesting also the um which i i'm i'm keenly interested in understanding which but i i don't entirely is the uh is sort of hashtag culture in in thailand uh what is fa love daddy <laughs> you want to add more <laughs> <laughs> hashtag fa love it's daddy. a famous yeah. it actually came from the game that you talked about between the two university like Tanaton, the leaders of the Future Forward Party, the young, uh, young generation party, the young handsome billionaire. Yeah, 
and he went to that game between Dula and Thammasat, and then some kid just you know talking to him like Farak Port mean like uh, Far is the name of a person love daddy, so then you know he show it's uh, this this hashtag came from the um the the movie in Thailand like you know the uh, the one of the young girl in love with the middle aged successful guy <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so then you know he that girl said like farak pa so then this kind of a hashtag represent in how. like a very intimate scene yeah in a very intimate <laughs> scene if you imagine if you will okay um a very intimate scene this is from the she, movie yes oh, yeah. and she she like rolls over snuggles oh. daddy and says i love you daddy it's that kind of daddy not okay. like father's day daddy like yeah, 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 yeah. sugar daddy or something yeah. exactly yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. okay so and, don't and, use that hashtag. <laughs> and then Hanaton, the leaders of the um the future forward party, respond to this hashtag as well. Like he didn't really know what does it mean, <laughs> but then he said whatever, but just go vote for the future forward in this elections. Right, and he eventually replies, "Daddy loves far." Oh, you know, okay. back, yeah. back. <laughs> Even though he was like, "I'm a middle-aged man. I have no right. idea what this hashtag means." <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting, and this is happening like globally as well. That like that that um, uh, a generation is making use of of new technology. Is it is are the 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 military government and are, are they as quick? Is it is it moving faster than they can understand? Or are they are they out in front of it? Are they like what what? Uh, how do you see the there there tends to be a. Yeah. a, 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 a a delay. Are they weaponizing the hashtag they, against the protesters? Or yeah, they have a group of uh, the I mean, the police. Yeah, that's to, true. Um, to follow other hashtag, you know, like couple weeks ago, one of the kids making a hashtag something that against the uh, you know sort of our royal family. So he was mm. arrested at this time, and also you know the. I mean, it's, uh, the prime minister and the government itself also trying to set a group of people to work on this kind of technology. It was the first time that Prayut, uh, the prime minister, you know, set up his own Facebook during the election. Before that, oh. you know, he didn't have one, but then during the election, he set up one. He set up Twitter and he set up the um, Instagram as well. Are, are Thai politicians as active as, uh, I, I should say, than our... <laughs> president it's a bad example the um are they active in sort of daily engaging um an audience or not really not really it's more like maybe young social media people managing their accounts mm -hmm, mm -hmm, well the the idea of a, a thai politician being a man of the people doesn't exist in thailand they were never supposed to be man of the people yeah they were supposed to be always separate body that knows i want to say I feel comfortable saying that knows better than the people to do what they need. Yeah. So the idea that that a politician would directly engage with his or her constituent, it, it's unheard of. It, mm -hmm. it, it's not required. The people aren't asking for it. It's not part of the political landscape. So it wouldn't have made sense for him to engage, you know, that all of the social right. media allows you that instant connection, yeah. right, with your supporters, and they never needed it. And the person, let me add this a little bit, a person who helping him on his social media, Prayut, now he was appointed as the Minister of Digital. Okay, well. Yeah, digital so communication. Yeah, digital communi uh, communication. Social like. media mobility, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's real. Um, but, so you need, but you need a, a digital native 
yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. To, yeah, to yeah. police the digital arena. But if right. you're hiring from your own cohort or from your own generation, I mean, as we all know in our, you know, semi-advanced age, I want to <laughs> say, um, we're not on the forefront of, of what the kids are doing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really and and it, and it varies and it and it will and it's a constant moving target too. Like it's like I, I remember we think like okay, well, in IU we've we've got Facebook down. It's like oh well, American youth are not using Facebook at all. Um, right. And so it's like for there, there's, people now. there's there's a new thing and and we gotta we gotta be moving to that. Necessarily. Some um um audience from my presentation, um, they was they were asking asking me the questions after the talk. They ask. They feel like the social media is like a Kardashian things. Mm. They don't really interested in uh, why Thailand, you know, yeah. why it's so important in Thailand. Basically, because it's the way that the young generation can say something, can <laughs> express what they think on the social media. So that's why it's really popular, and everyone, given very, you know, very given important for this social media. The there were some negative legacies of the election um uh vote buying and fractional sort of politics uh how did that play out well um because of the new political party the palang basharat led by the pro military government they don't really want to set up a strong party organization and they have a short period of time to set up political party only like three months before the elections so that's why oh, wow. to win the election, you need to recruit a person that can help you to win, right? Yeah. So that's why they recruit all the factions, the famous politicians who already won a l many elections, and also the mafia regional grouping to join the party. So it can ensure that they're going to win these elections. Without, without the connection at the local level in Thailand, it's really hard for a political party to win. So... To recruit this kind of famous person to in your party, so it make the party win the election easily. And they, when these kind of people join Palang Pacharat party, they not only provide the electoral network for the party, some of the factions, some of the group also provide financial resources to support political party during the campaign as well. I was I was gonna ask to compare the. Um the cabinets, I thought that was really the, the now oh, didn't right. change. We yeah, didn't talk yeah, yeah. I can party, do a segue for that. Yeah, you can do a segue for that. Sure. Okay, so we talked a little bit before about the appointed members of the Senate and how many of them are the same faces as during the, the junta government or the post-2014 uh, government. So they are not the only uh, familiar faces in the current cabinet. Can you talk a little bit about the composition of the cabinet, wh where these people came from, and, and what impact that will have moving forward? Yeah, since the party, the Palang Bacharat party, cannot set up their own electoral network and their supporter in the area, so they recruit member, famous member, to join, I mean famous politician to join their party. And I think more than 85% of the members split from the major former parties, especially the pro-Taksin party. Taksin, um, I don't think we have to mention. No. Just r real quick, he's he's an exiled former prime minister um, of Thailand who was ousted by the in in indirect, twice removed way by the current uh, administration. Yeah, and he's now still active, but uh, active from outside the country. So then, um, those people spread from the Taksin's party who died Palang His appointees are still yeah. are still active and famous. Yeah. Um, 
do, do you think uh, how would how would a a Western political analysts look at would they would they say that well they're that is it they're um, they're willing to shift sides easily or are there are there policies consistent um, that they're willing to like what how do we explain this this longevity over time? Well, most of the Thai politicians always join political party when when they see that they will that party will win the election. <laughs> Ah, yeah. So then there's fair fair weather yeah. politicians, sort of opportunistic. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So then there's break the parties all the times, all the times in every election. Interesting. Now before Thaksin, you know, mm. set up his own political party, these people was these people were with, you know, other political party before, and Thaksin and the pro military, Palang uh, Bacharat, they did the same thing. So that they attract a large numbers of people who already established you know, a politician in, in that area to join the parties. So it's not like big news in England where, man, if a Labour Party switches over to Tory, that's, I mean, yeah. that's going to, you know, take over BBC News for a few days. Or if a Republican runs as an independent here, mm-hmm. then it's big news. So the lines between the parties you're saying is a little bit more flexible yeah. or porous. What do we want to call it? We would say like blur, like blur, no, okay. no one, you know, have the sense of party affiliation with the parties. Right. Well, and then uh, Meredith Weiss was here and, and, and sort of looked, it was sort of, you know, she's like, there's a durability to some of these regimes and they, they have, um, that there's, uh, the familiar faces are going to keep con- coming back and returning because that it's, it's, uh, the, 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 the government itself is viewed in a, in a, in a different way than, you know, like it, it's it's the it's the thing that will deliver goods yeah. and services rather than like I want a, a revolutionary brand new vision. That's that's pretty dangerous and pretty tenuous. And, and most people don't want that. Imagine this. Even the major person who always support Brayut and the PPRP, the Palang Macharat Party, is the same person that used to support Taksin before. Who used to work as, a, you know, side by side with Taksin before now he split. And work with the Palang Macharat. So as long as any party can give them ministerial posts or any benefit, they are willing to move. Well, it's a positive spin that we could learn from a more, should we say, bipartisan um, <laughs> appro- approach <laughs> that, that, that that's 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 lacking here. Um, you noted, however, there are some. This may present some challenges to the longevity of 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 this government. Uh, how so? Uh, the first thing is that because of too many coalitions, too many factions right. in the parties, just moving, moving around, fighting for the cabinet seat. So then, if they disagree with any policies of the government, they might say like, "Well, we're not going to vote for the parties in the next parliamentary meetings." So it's mean that the government will lost that regulation or that law. And if any faction want to split to other political party, so it's mean that the party might be dissolved as well. So this is kind of a challenging in the year forward for, the, for this government. Another one is the uh, strong opposition parties. Well, this time, I have never seen any opposition party that stick together like this before. It's seven of them, and they always, you know, talk to each other, always helping each other, always, you know, have a meeting, um, you know, discuss before the parliamentary meetings, and you know when they. So they put us. They're putting aside some of the differences to, to form a solid opposition. Yeah, 
and they none of them want to split to the uh, political party. But of course, that some politician might you know want to join political the want to join the government party just to get some advantages from the government party. It might be possible, but the party itself, I don't think that any you know opposition party. Wanna split or join the government in the near future? It actually happened in Thai history before Thai political history before that some opposition split to join the government, but this time I feel like they really stick together. With the with the strong um, youth consciousness in in the vote, it seems it seems fair to ask. Uh, uh, there's a sort of regional case of of Hong Kong of mm-hmm. um, you know uh, street. Political activism um, and, and and demonstrations. Um, what are your thoughts about in in Thailand? Do you see Thailand headed to a place like that? There were there, it was, it didn't materialize in a in a, in a dramatic way. This twenty nineteen election is uh, could those winds change easily or or not? Well, um, to go out on the street and protest like in Hong Kong, I don't think it's gonna be that easy in Thailand at this time because there are so many. Regulation. There are so many, um, you know, way to protect this kind of uh, street protest. But um, you know, for the young generation to protest on the social media, like Hong Kong did, um, before they go to the on the street, right? I think it happened. I think maybe you know that um, the in Hong Kong, uh, most of the protesters contact to each other by using the telegram. So then, yeah. So then, all the right, police or, or networks that can't be it can be tracked. Um, I don't know, but um, if they learn from Hong Kong, you know, they might did something like that. But in uh, so far, I don't think it's going to happen. Like you know, the young generation go out on the street, um, to protest against the government. Well, the last big protest was to demand an election. Yeah, and there was a complete media blackout, um, in Thailand. So unless you're right there. You mm-hmm. wouldn't have known that it was happening. Yeah, and now you know the government um, kind of uh, it choose so many regulation or many I mean institution to control all the social media of Thailand too. So um, about two weeks ago, they just issued the new or uh, the new reg- they they just proposed the new regulation to track all how people use Wi-Fi on the cafe on the restaurant, mm. which is going to be too much for Thai, but. Who knows? Like, if they wanna really do it, right? It so, coffee them. coffee shop who offer Wi-Fi to their clientele are required would be requ- if, if this passes All would be required to to hand over the user information in their Wi-Fi network. Yeah, it seems it seems well. I mean, our I think maybe the only difference is that you know in 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 the West we live under the maybe the delusion that our information is not being. Taken and used, Siri and, it, and yeah. Alexa and Google knows <laughs> right, right. that we need but new socks. <laughs> part of me appreciates the honesty in a place that like says, "Like, no, we're we're taking your data and we're, we're looking at it." Like, um, the the so so, of course, the the in the not so distant past in the in the seventies, there were some um, really disruptive and 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 dramatic student um, um, uh, revolutions and and and, and uprising. Um, are 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 the youth happy? I mean, are they are they are they content? Like, is there are those same? If you I guess take away the, you know the, the sort of the the, the hashtag uh, kind of um, uh, wars, but are there the the basic socioeconomics? Like, are are the same preconditions there 
the, that there were for um, kind of civic action in the in, in Thailand? Well, yeah, some sort of it. Um, it's um, um, the people in Thailand sort of are, you know, trying to show something that they're not okay with the slowdown of economy and some bad thing that happened during this government. But again, I think it's going to be on the social media. It's really hard to, you know, go out to protest like in 70, 80s. And they learn, and you know, so many cases that if you follow Thai newspaper, if you did something that criticized the government too much, or criticized something about related political issue to the government too much, you gotta be arrested. And then it really obvious on the news every time. Um, I mean, almost every every month, yeah. So people knows about it. So everyone careful, you know, how they gonna act, how they gonna, you know, respond to any any problem in Thai politics. In your crystal ball, who will who will succeed Prayut? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I hope that it's going to be more democratic side, not the military ones again. But so far that we saw uh, about the plan ahead, about um, five to ten years, it have a high possibility for the military to turn to be in power at least another 10 years. Right, and, and and just to put it in context, right, it's the same as with, if you were to look at the military as a political party stronghold in Thai politics, of course they're going to have a 10-year plan, just like any political right. entity would. Why, why? How would you proceed with your policies if you don't have kind of that foresight into what you want to do in five or 10 years? So if we kind of, I don't want to say destigmatize military rule, but mm-hmm. if we look at them... Almost as a party. Just as a political yeah. party, right, that just happened to be filled solely with, with soldiers and generals, then you understand kind of how they work, and then it's not exceptional. It's not exceptional yeah. what they're doing. A lot of our people call this time of, of Thai politics as the authoritarian democracy. So we seem to have democracy, but in practice, some regulation, some practice, it's not really democracy. And a lot of people prefer authoritarian democracy, especially the old generations, because they still want military to to play a role in Thai politics. But for the young generation, maybe another story. And to be fair to them, and I'm, by all means, I am not a pro. Like I'm not like a military spokesperson, but um, they've had a significant role in Thai democracy. If whether you want to put that in a capitalized D in quotes yeah. in italics whatever how you ever want to define democracy right so they had a, a very it's more complicated than just yeah, right they yeah. have they have a very big hand in in the fact that there are even elections at all yeah. in the United States right so the if they were smart, they would have said something like Thai elections brought to you by by, by the Thai military, because that's that's true. That's what happened in, in 24. No, sorry, that's Buddhist years. Uh, 30. <laughs> nobody's speaking in Buddhist years. 1932. Right. So the military made up two large factions in a group that brought about the end of absolute monarchy and also um brought elections and the parliamentary system too as well right yeah. so you yeah. know they, they've been very active and i think the military from what i've seen see themselves as the guardian of order right yeah. and that's and that's indicative in their name um the junta's name is is 
from the outside, it seems very Orwellian. That is National Coalition for Peace and Order, so something that you would read, you know, um, in in 1984 uh, or something. But but I think that they they really do believe that they are they maintaining are. peace and order. Yeah, I actually did the research on this issue when I collect the survey among the military, about a uh, hundred. I mean, one thousands of them to show, you know, when I asked one of the questions I asked in the survey, like when you think that you need to intervene in politics. And, you know, more than 85% say, like, they feel like they are a guardian to protect, you know, the politics, to prevent political stability. So that's why if they feel like people need them to, you know, fight against the corrupt government, they will intervene, something like that. Right, and that's part of, of the political culture in Thailand. So that's why they're still around. Mm-hmm. Well, Art, uh, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, uh, when we when do, when are we can we see this uh, uh, the the fruits of your labor? Are you working on an article, a book? Uh, uh, this one's going to be an article. Okay. So then, um, it's actually already passed the final um, revisions and uh, waiting for the final edit editions uh, from the ICS Yusubishak in Singapore. I hope to be published by December. And also, I'll I'll brag for you. You were recently uh, quoted in uh, um, a pretty big publication, right? Yeah, quite a lot of uh, newspaper like Bloomberg, Financial Times, and some kind of that newspaper. Way to go! Um, go Huskies yeah. once again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks again, and we'll uh, we'll look forward to uh, having you on mic again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Art.